she said to me, you know that you're going to have to be the face of the brand. And I laughed at her. I'm like, no, 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 not me, no. And she's like, but you've got this story that everyone will connect with. We should be wrapping the brand in a yeah. wrap of, of Kiri. And I'm like, this was just so, the idea was so daunting. But mm. actually starting the marketing with brand videos of me talking and it was actually cathartic for me actually sitting in front of a camera and saying I started this brand because I almost died and I wanted mm. to help you um that's something that helped us grow as well because word of mouth got out that I was just so passionate I wanted to help everyone Welcome to the Female Leadership Collective podcast. I'm your host, Susie Clark. On this show, we're all about helping high achieving women authentically find purpose and build fulfilling online businesses. I believe the key to happiness is channeling our talents into something that we really deeply care about. That's why I left my six figure career in finance in London, moved to Asia and now run my own mission led business in paradise. I found purpose and happiness in my life and I want to empower you to do the same. In today's world, we are so lucky in that we no longer have to work in the same office every single day. We can start our own online businesses and travel the world. On this show, I bring you examples of amazing role models who have done just that, quit their corporate jobs and successfully run online businesses. We talk through all things entrepreneurship, purpose, travel, femininity, nothing is off limits. I'm here to inspire you to spend your life doing something you truly love and make the impact you really want to make on the world. Hello, my lovelies. So I'm super excited because I've got an amazing opportunity for you all. And I'm going to be mixing the podcast up a little bit. And you may have heard in the last episode that I am taking applications for people to be coached on the podcast. So I'll be doing these laser coaching sessions and I've drawn on inspiration from my own coach because she does this and I think it's such a great idea. And I know that so many of you who have struggles with your business, it's very similar to the same struggles of, uh, that other people have. So whoever I have on, the chances are so many of you also have those problems. So by me coaching them through it, you can listen to kind of the questions that I'm asking them, note them down and answer those questions yourselves to help you work through the problem. So if you're someone who would love to come on the podcast and you've got a challenge, something you're stuck with at the moment, tap the link in the show notes to apply to be coached on the podcast. How it will work is my team will reach out to you to schedule a 30 minute call and we will talk for roughly, so the episode will be roughly 20 minutes um, and you just need to bring one problem and we'll flesh it all out and hopefully by the end of it, it will be solved for you and you can move on and progress with your business. So if that sounds interesting to you, if you'd like to get involved, just tap on the link in the show notes and I look forward to receiving your application.
So today I have the lovely Kiri on. She is the founder of Amperna and Amperna is probiotic skincare. So obviously lots of you are probably familiar with probiotics in the form of you might take them in a tablet or you might drink kombucha or you might eat fermented foods because we all know that having a balanced um, balanced microbiome is really important for gut health and overall health. But I don't know if many of you have come across probiotic skincare, so like skincare creams and things like that with probiotics in. But when you think about it, if we're ingesting probiotics in that way of um, orally, then obviously in our skin as well, it, it makes sense. Um, and Kiri's story comes from actually a very personal experience, which she goes to goes into in this in this podcast of a period of, of the loss of her dad and becoming his carer and going through severe stress herself and being hospitalized and and her skin really suffering as a result. And she couldn't find anything to make it better. And she after lots and lots of research and um you know, finding her own formulas and, and using her own things, she suddenly thought this might help other people who can't find solutions. So Amperna was born and since then they've received, they've won awards and um, they've become a much bigger brand. And it's just such a great story and so inspirational that she can build a business that she loves, that does good. She hires an amazing team and um, she leads in, in an authentic way that's important to her from something that was so difficult in her life. So I know that you're going to get so much out of listening to Kiri's story. Welcome, Kiri. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. And I'm so excited to delve into your story and how you started Amperna and everything about around that. So let's start. If you can just introduce yourself, what do you do? Um, and then we can go in a bit deeper to your the origin story to the brand. Yeah, awesome. So thank you for having me. It's nice to be here. Um, mm. So I'm the founder of Amperna. We're a, an Australian probiotic skincare brand, so topical probiotic skincare brand, and we're committed to uh, helping everyone with their skin, but we've specifically been formulated for even the most sensitive skin because I have uh, sensitive skin myself. So my background is in the FMCG uh, design and brand activations industry, and I've got over 18 years of experience. So that kind of came in handy when I started the brand, but um, I've always had my own business. Uh, so my father was an architect and he sort of suggested that I start my own business in order to get some experience. So I started Yanchenko Designs in 2004 and I've always freelanced in design. Uh, I've run a few blogs and I had a beauty blog called Set to Glow uh, and that was the blog that I started after being ill and I became passionate about health and well-being because of my background and my illness. Mm, wow, I didn't realise you'd done so many things alongside <laughs> corporate at the same time. Yes, I've always sort of, I, I, I'm an overachiever and sometimes, yeah. that, sometimes that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, like I'm so familiar with that and all the listeners is that kind of, they're those kind of women, you know, so I'm sure people will relate. Um, so walk me through your kind of corporate life, if that makes sense, and yeah. And it, your story is interesting as well, because if you had businesses that you're already running on the side, like you had that perspective of what that was like. So, yeah, walk yeah. us through your experiences and when you kind of realised that actually, you, you know, maybe this wasn't for you or, or how did that happen? 
Yeah, so um, when I was a junior designer, um, it was very hard work. Um, you know, I started as a junior designer. I worked um, alongside someone that I met during college who was ex impressed with my skill set. Um, so the graphic design, my background in graphic design certainly helped me in, in all my businesses. Um, I started um, doing sort of corporate design work whilst I was studying um, graphic design and I became interested in packaging design because admittedly, um, my parents hadn't been very well off uh, mm -hmm. so I gravitated towards the certain discipline of design that was definitely going to get me in a job that was going to earn me enough money because I'd seen the struggles that my parents had been through so when I was young um, the interest rates were really high and we almost lost our house so I think they were mm -hmm. 18 to 24 um, percent um, so I gravitated toward packaging design and the first job that I had that was three days a week I worked basically on all the brands that you see in Coles and Woolies yeah. um, so like Kit Kat, Uncle Toby's, um, also in Bunnings, Torbman's Paints and that sort of stuff um, and it was hard work and because I was a junior I was always expected to work back late um, and I thought you know I'd uh, all through my career I was just like if I can just get to the next stage in my career you know I, I'll be able to have a better work-life balance mm -hmm. and and that never kind of happened um, this was a problem when my husband and I became my dad's sole carer so I'm 41 this year um, and when I was 29 my husband and I um, looked after my dad so he never looked after himself um, he kind of, he smoked like a chimney and he loved to drink and I used to joke, but it really now looking back is not really a joke that he would eat yeah. um, bread on his butter uh, instead of the other way around. So uh, he was not a nice man and uh, my husband and I looked after him. I, th I felt like no one should die alone. Um, mm. However, that experience was really stressful and it was compounded by the fact that I was working such long hours in the in um, packaging design and brand activations that I basically worked to help dad before work I went to work I didn't get a lunch break I tried to get dad um, you know seen by ACAT services in Australia I then went back to work I worked late and then I went home and I was hardly eating and I wasn't looking after myself so as you can imagine um, mm -hmm. that affected my health uh, and so I went to hospital and my dad went to hospital because I had severe side effects to medications that I accepted that I wouldn't have normally accepted. Um, and uh, I came out of hospital because of my family uh, and my dad didn't because he wasn't well. He went downhill very quickly in a year and a half. Um, and that's kind of when that happened to me and I was so sick I couldn't walk I couldn't feed myself wow. so I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my husband I, I I had to have nine months out of um the design industry and when I went back to get a job I'm like I don't know whether this is for me and mm. then I started having questions around you know 
what's this gap in your CV? And I'm like, well, you know, I almost died and mm. I won't be working for you before work, after work and through my lunch break. I will work the hardest for you during nine to five and I'll take a lunch break because, you know, I can't go through that again. Yeah. Um, and the response was okay, but I felt like it was a detriment to getting a job. And then, wow. I, yeah, so it, it's... um. It's something that I believe that has changed, but I don't really know because, of course, I'm I'm running my own brand now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, the the journey to healing for me, a holistic journey, took two years. Uh, and when I recovered, I knew that I didn't want to go back full time into design, and I knew that I'd learnt so much um, on this path to healing. I wanted to do something. I wanted to start my own brand, but I didn't know what. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, it, 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 looking back, it seems so obvious to me now that all paths have led to what I'm doing now, the, the topical probiotic skincare brand, because we help people holistically, but also with our products. And, and that's all the things that I learned to help my own health and well-being go into this business and that's why I'm so passionate about it yeah wow I'm so sorry to hear you went through all of that that sounds very very heavy and um I I, I often hear people sort of say things like this people that go through things like that it just gives them this completely new perspective on life and what's important and what's not and obviously how important our health is and not just obvious things with health like smoking and drinking and um the, and healthy foods just important things like stress and giving yourself like free time and being trying to relax and things like that so mm -hmm. yeah it, it's it, however awful the experience was it was probably at the end of it you learned so much by way of perspective yeah I think so I I've always looked after myself because you know this is there's been this ingrained message like when I was growing up I remember you know why is dad allowed to uh, drink yeah. soft drink and eat all this crap and my mum said to me and I remember it quite clearly. Don't worry, your dad will die early. You have to eat well and look after yourself. And here we mm. are in this situation. But yeah, it it has put something in perspective. And when I, everything in perspective, when I got well, um, I didn't want a house, three children and a picky, white picket fence because, yeah. you know, I, I, want, I wanted to do something more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love that. And and in a way as well, I was so kind of shocked to hear. Um, I mean, the response, like you said, the response is okay when you're thinking about going back into the workplace, but okay, it just doesn't really, why, you know, after that kind of experience, like, of course, like, it shouldn't be the standard to expect people to do more work outside of work and work 24 hours, especially if you're able and committed during the time frame. And I just think it's really admirable and uh, inspirational that you can then go and create your own company and then you know create your own culture what is allowed what how do you want to lead and lead by example and yeah I wish more people could do that so that we so it became normalized you know rather than yeah. this crazy way of working 
Yes, exactly. And I think if more and more people go into business and have business cultures that I hope that as we expand, we can continue to keep, um, I think we will, that the society, that society will slowly change. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So walk us through your kind of self-healing journey and, and what things that you learned and what did you discover at that time? Yeah. So, um, I'd always had sensitive skin and so um, when I was sick, uh, I was given medication for my skin and for my stress and one of those medications um, I didn't know at the time contained an oral steroid and mm. I had been stressed and that had been compounding for about a year and a half while Dad was sick and so I was already ill and then the medication I was given you know, you open the leaflets and uh, I always tell people, read all the side effects so you know what you're experiencing and how to, to handle it. Um, I uh, got uh, severe pustular acne that appeared in 72 hours. Um, I was kind of gaslit when we went to the public hospital system. We went twice, you know, you've got acne, you've dropped some weight, what's the problem? We've got people dying. It didn't quite go like that I'm sort of I'm like compressing it um, and then on the third time I was actually delirious in an ambulance and um, when I came out of hospital like I was discharged again from the public health system I just said to Wesley like there's something wrong like I've dropped 20 kilos my my skin isn't supposed to be like this I I mm. need to stop taking all these medications so we actually checked me into a private facility so lucky we had public health insurance that sorry private health insurance that would cover that mm. um I was in hospital for a month and I had to be weaned from medication. I had to learn how to eat again myself because I couldn't feed myself. I had to learn how to put weight on um, like safely. Uh, and I was babysat by mental health professionals, uh, psychologists and psychiatrists. Um, and when I came out of hospital, the answer was to offer me more medication. So my skin was so bad that I couldn't sleep on it. Uh, and it wow. was all over. Yeah, it hurt. I remember it. And, and mainly that was anxiety anxiety driving as well because of course you, you you don't want to look in the mirror so we actually covered the mirrors up in our house so that I could you know try and get well without thinking about the fact that I did not look like my usual self mm. um, so the problem was a I didn't get help holistically uh, and I didn't know where to turn but b I've always had sensitive skin so I can't I can't quite tell you the timeline as to when I suddenly realized that this isn't right like I should be able to access like you know a service that would help me navigate how I should be helping myself with these issues um so because I had such a severe skin concerns and health concerns, I started looking for professionals to help me. And so I found an endocrinologist that I liked um, 
because my hormones were all out, I found a naturopath that I liked. And it wasn't that this just happened straight away. It was that you had to hunt for the right people that you connected with, but also that were willing to work with you holistically. So specifically when it came to a dermatologist, it was, I went through quite a few until I found someone and I said, I do not want any more medication. Please help me. Um, and finally, I'd found these professionals um, to help me and I started compounding um, simple products for my skin because mm -hmm. I've got super sensitive skin, super reactive skin. And I started doing a whole bunch of research on ingredients. Um, and I found a topical probiotic in a research journal. And I'd learned so much about the gut, brain, skin connection because mm -hmm. my gut health um, was out I had SIBO um, and I had to work on my leaky gut uh, and I guess that is the start of Amperna and I wouldn't know it yet mm -hmm. until I sort of thought well how how am I going to start a business to help people and you know I, I, I spoke to Wesley and lots of conversations with family and I'm just like well obviously topical pro products and I'd, I'd never started a product-based business before so I had no idea how to do that but there was something in the fact that there was no person to help someone navigate the health industry the medical industry and and yeah. people are so anxious yeah yeah, it's so true when you say that it, sometimes if you want to search for kind of alternative options, if the normal healthcare is not working, it, often you don't actually know who you need to look for. Yes. <laughs> In terms of the specialist, you don't know what all of these words mean half the time, you know, so I think that's such a good point. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I just learned so much, but it, it's often some people don't supply information until you know the right questions to ask. Yeah, exactly. So I think that, um, yeah, the, the, the idea for the, for the brand really started mm -hmm. there. Yeah, I love that. And can you just educate us a little bit on what you were talking about between the, the gut and the brain connection and health? Like, can you just give us a little bit of insight into that? Yeah, so um, the gut-brain-skin axis um, is a researched thing and it's something that I'm really like interested in because even identical twins have a different gut biome. So the good and bad bacteria that are in, in your gut are different for everyone. Um, your um, stress affects your gut health and then your gut health then... Um, can show on your skin as your skin is your largest organ. So often your teeth, your skin and your eyes are the first to show issues and um, sometimes uh, uh, large health concerns can be diagnosed with by the way of the way you look. Um, for instance, if you've got yellowing eyes or yellowing eye sockets or you're having skin concerns, um, they may be A, because of your poor gut health, B, because of other internal issues. Um, and these things are all connected. So your gut health is an ongoing thing. Um, and I learnt then your skin, because it's your largest organ, also has a microbiome of its own. Um, 
and this is just fascinating to me a lot of people with skin concerns often have compromised barriers kind of like if you think you you're uncomfortable in your digestive tract it's it's because of poor gut health um and and this is just something that i just started researching um and i looked into uh, a lot of medical journals um and that's how i found my topical probiotic which is um the reason well that the key the the, the key ingredient that i started building my brand around Mm. yeah wow that's so fascinating like it's well, there's so much we don't know about the gut as well isn't there but yes it's, yeah it's so interesting to see how that can actually um produce kind of the signs in, in other parts of the body um yeah. okay so let's uh walk us through the point at which you you decided that this kind of this kind of discovery, this kind of thing, these kind of products could become a business? Yeah, so um, because I'd gone through all this research to help my own my own skin, I actually thought, well, you know, somebody might else, somebody else might be interested in all this. So I started a beauty blog mm. and I started an Instagram account attached to the beauty blog. And then I started talking to people, you know, through comments on the, the blog and, um, Instagram comments and at this stage it was easier to build an account on Instagram like I that the following followers seemed to be easy to get yeah. um, if you had great content and uh, you were helping people in the process that was kind of the point where I realized that you know people are interested in this people you know don't know um, how to help themselves logically um, and so I started doing some research on on you know more research on the gut and more research on skin ingredients and how the skin worked how your skin microbiome helps protect um, you against free radical damage um, and i actually i'm pretty sure i don't drink alcohol anymore by the way mm -hmm. but um i pretty sure i was celebrating something to do with wesley's career and we were sitting in a bar and i think that i had a martini and i was probably a bit toasty and <laughs> i said to wesley uh, you know you've been helping me because he was the the classic um instagram husband like he'd help me yeah. take photos and stuff and i said you know um this is crazy but I want to do, I want to start my own brand. And he's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 you know, we, we should, we should be, we should be looking to, um, you know, use our, in your inheritance. Cause we, we'd had some, um, savings and I, um, got some inheritance from my dad because mm -hmm. he passed away um and you know i and i'm like oh okay <laughs> i thought it was a really good idea and so I, I i used to bring it up every so now and again and i remember then i think he got annoyed and he said well i'm the numbers man so go away spend six months put a business plan together mm -hmm. and come back to me really work out what it is you want to do and i'm like okay well, I need some products to sell, so that's obvious. And then I'm going to offer this this coaching service, that's obvious. But how? So I put together a very very long um, business plan that includes sort of like a loose marketing strategy. And I went on um, 
uh, and got um, market research papers ac accessed free um, information on the internet, um, but also purchased specific um, industry papers to help me to work out where there was a gap in the market, um, whether my idea of a topical probiotic brand uh, had legs and I sold the idea to Wesley and he's like oh this is pretty impressive let's go and see our financial advisor and the financial advisor said to me I think you're onto something and if you can get these returns why don't you just have all your money <laughs> wow I wasn't expecting no. <laughs> you're so conservative yeah, I know and I'm, what do you mean all the money and he's like well not quite all of it you need a safety net but but you've given me this figure and I'm telling you to start a to start a business you'll need twice what you expect that it's mm -hmm. going to cost you and I'm I'm glad he told us that because it really did <laughs> so yeah so um that then then we started research and we were in research and development and the startup phase for five years and we used our house deposit and I'm lucky I'm so passionate and want to make things work because here we are four years into the brand uh, we launched in 2018 um, and we're award-winning and we're helping so many people so it's just so and all paths have led me here which is is amazing like talking to people and um about why I started the brand a lot of people are like you've been through so much yeah. um, but it's okay because I'm here now so <laughs> yeah. wow yeah so many questions <laughs> so, <laughs> so five years of research research and development that sounds like a long time to me it, it, it is it's a long time because a I must admit I didn't know what I was doing <laughs> yeah B, also my husband and I had to work um, yeah. as well. So I was cycling through full-time jobs to freelance jobs to doing my own thing on the side mm -hmm. um, in order to make ends meet to, to you know, because obviously I still had to pay bills while I'd used my, my house deposit money. Um, so I started doing mar more market research um, I had to work on my unique selling point. Uh, I did a lot of research on target personas and I had to find a lot of people to help me. So I had uh, a lot of people that I worked with in the design and marketing space uh, help me develop a brand voice and brand strategy. Um, but the most pressing concern I had was, you know, how, how was, how were, where was I going to develop products? I mean, mm. I'm not a I'm not a chemist, uh, so I had to find the right person to help me bring my brand to life. Um, and so we hired a formulations chemist for two of those five years. So after I'd sort of solidified the brand voice, I had to take that uh, concept to 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 speak to to people to try and hire a chemist. And I admit. And this is where I actually had some help from some other established businesses because some of the first meetings that I had actually put me in, like, I, I cried after I had oh. these meetings. I, I remember one meeting I went to see someone uh, and he told me that 
I shouldn't start the brand because they're, you know, the, the big players would just had all the market share and you are only just creating another skincare product and there's lots of skincare products out there. And I came out of the meeting, burst into tears in a cab on the mm. way to dinner with my friends. And I got to dinner with my friends and I was in tears. And Wesley said to me, you know, Dyson is only a vacuum cleaner. Like, yeah <laughs> and and I'm like that's true and and he's then and then we started talking about the conversation because this guy didn't even listen to my idea because when you go to to, to talk to people to help you you never hand over your IP you you get people to sign NDAs and he mm. hadn't even heard my IP or my USP my unique selling point and what I was going to do with just my skincare um so looking back um if I I, I should have just laughed out of the meeting but it was yeah. really upset it was really upsetting because I was so passionate about wanting to start my brand <laughs> yeah. yeah wow oh no that's just so narrow-minded of, of of the man and like that's such a shame that he said that but I think that's an important lesson for people that people people have their opinions and it just reflects kind of them their own mindsets and maybe he's not a risk taker so that's his perspective on something like that and you know he didn't take the time to actually look into really and ask all the questions so yeah, for sure. I think sometimes when you get negative feedback or or setbacks like that, sometimes it's just worth feeling into like, you know, is this more about this person than it is about the idea? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it was one of the first meetings that I had. And also, yeah, it, it is a tip. If you don't get the right answer the first time, you know, if something was easy, everyone would be doing it, right? And then, you know, mm. you've got to think of the, the, the best inventions are probably ones that people have been told they're crazy for. Um, so just, yeah, keep on going. And, you know, my brand after all is only a skincare brand, but it's so much more than that because of the way that I connect with our customers because I've been through these skin issues myself. Um, yeah. 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 And another thing I'm picking up on through your journey is also your supportive partner so <laughs> yes. that, yeah I think that's lovely and I think that it's important to have people whether it's a partner or a friend or whoever that can sort of when you're on this cycle of going at it yourself can give you that perspective of like saying those little comments like the vacuum cleaner and you know breaking you out of this mindset when you need it you know yeah and I so I mean Wesley so like I wouldn't be here without Wesley. Wesley is my business partner. So I started the brand and I was a sole um, sole trader, but um, he was always helping me. I think once he, he helped me more once he realised that we were actually getting sales. Like, mm. you know, it was very hard at the, at the start to get sales but then you know once the 10 turned to 20 he's like oh okay this is you know this could actually work like I may be able to quit my job and then he was like oh I don't want to work for other people let's let's do this yeah that's brilliant I love that 
yeah so he's been definitely I wouldn't I wouldn't be here without him and I wouldn't be here in my warehouse my new warehouse without mm. um, somebody to haul heavy boxes <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no that's I think that's great I like having that person it's so important that support network I think um, his skills complement mine as well um, yeah. So my background's packaging design, but his background is uh, from, he's an automation specialist. So he mm -hmm. is the numbers guy. So yeah, that's another tip. Always have somebody that complements your skill set. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's so important as well, isn't it? So you don't, you're not stepping on each other's toes and also for growth, if you both have different skill sets, then you can go faster with two of you than just one. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So walk us through how the business got traction and, and the, how it's got how it how it got the growth that it that has and, and what took it to where it is today. Yeah, so um I would say first and foremost that it's always best to have time at the start to plan. Um, so the business plan, making sure that you've got a brand strategy, making sure that you've got a, a unique selling point, making sure you know who you're going to target, which customers will be wanting your products. Um, so after we launched, uh, we hired a PR agency for six months uh, to help us get media coverage. But I knew that I wanted our brand to be a trusted brand. Um, I also knew that I didn't want it to be are so overpriced that no one could afford it. I wanted it to be effect an effective uh, bridge between just a, a basic skincare product that you find in chemist warehouse and a medication. Um, so I wanted it to be affordable for um, people to access. Um, so we gave out a lot of free product we aligned ourselves with professionals i had lots of meetings with people um, in the health and wellness space but also trying to get dermatologists on board at the start um, so because of our complementing skills mine and wesley's business partner wesley's complementing skills i'm sort of i've done social media management uh, within my fmcg and brand activations background so i'm sort of focused on the marketing um, i would say that something that catapulted our brand also is the fact that i'm the face of the brand mm. um, i remember probably four years into the startup phase um, my mentor that I'd worked with before. She was the GM of one of the packaging design studios that I'd worked in that I really connected with. Um, and I was sad after she left and I was looking somebody to, to, for somebody to help. And Wesley had met her and Wesley said, you're forgetting Kate. She would be amazing um, mm. as a mentor to help you. She said to me, you know that you're going to have to be the face of the brand. And I laughed at her. I'm like, no, 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 not me, no. And she's like, but you've got this story that everyone will connect with. We should be wrapping the brand in a yeah. wrap of, of Curie. And I'm like, this was just so, the idea was so daunting. But mm. actually starting the marketing with brand videos of me talking and it was actually cathartic for me actually sitting in front of a camera and saying I started this brand because I almost died and I wanted mm. to help you um 
that's something that helped us grow as well because word of mouth got out that I was just so passionate. I wanted to help everyone uh, with their skin and with their well-being. Um, we use Instagram to grow our business, um, although it's, as I mentioned, it's a lot harder to gain traction than it was when I ran my only beauty blog. Um, we sell directly on Instagram and Facebook. Um, however, I am always talking to the customer. Um, so content is king, but also providing um, good quality educative um, content that will help people uh, and draw them in. Um, so, you know, we, we create content that fits into five themes, which we worked out in our strategy session. So obviously uh, that the wellness side of it. So we talk about wellness, we talk about our products, we talk about the brand vision. I help people, we talk about how I help people. So part of those five themes is, it, it sounds funny for me to say this now, but it's a Curie, Curie theme. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and we help, they, they ask me questions like, you know, you, you ate that this morning, how do I make it? Um, mm -hmm. uh, we also partner with other like-minded businesses. Um, so there's a lot going on. It's not one thing that will work. You sort of have to start doing as much as you can on a few key platforms. And when I say that, I, we started with Facebook and Instagram and also we had our website and got our SEO um, uh, uh, done properly. So Wesley works on that with uh, another team member. Um, so you, you start you start small and you then get website traffic and you make sure you have all your um, uh, links in the right place uh, so that you can track metrics. And that all comes through to your Google Analytics and you learn from the Google Analytics and the questions that you have with your customers uh, help you build the brand and take the brand in the right direction. So I guess for me, it's helpful that I have my business partner who's a very number and numbers and data driven um, person that he tells me, you know, you did that this day and that really worked. So let's do more of that. Um, so it's not one thing that's built the brand. It's mm -hmm. kind of snowballed. Um, but I definitely think that having um, me as a, the brand voice, the, the face of the brand means people can connect with our brand. And I think that's very important, having a unique um, proposition and one that people connect with. Um, another thing that I think is really important is to show that you are doing the best you can for your staff, for your brand and for the environment. So that's something um, that's very key to our brand so we're in business to help people but we're also in business to um, be as sustainable as we possibly can doing that mm -hmm. yeah I love that and I think the fact that you like it's definitely a no-brainer to weave your story into it for sure because that's we went into it that's that's like how it came about isn't it it's the origin story which is just so one inspiring and two um it's relatable just to a lot of people. People have um, family loss in their lives and people often don't really talk about this much, it, only to your close close ones, you know, and it, I'm sure it's so inspirational to a lot of people to have seen so much good come from something so difficult. 
Yes, yeah, I, I, I really think that that too. And, you know, the, now people are like, oh, have you sp spoken to this the skin girl? Um, oh. You know, if you haven't, you should really talk to her. She's had problems with her skin. Maybe she'll be able to help you. So it's it's word, like all those things have led to word of mouth. And, yeah. and you know, um, it, customer service should be key as well definitely yeah and and so what about um i just tying it back to um people being in corporate and how kind of organizations are run there as the leader of your own company with staff and and managing people what what kind of things do you do differently and what's important to you from that side of things yeah so we have a work-life balance so you know people are allowed to go for walks they're allowed to go and do a gym class during um lunch you know if if they they want to work from home they're allowed to work from home they just they the the, the big difference is that i'm not micro well my mm -hmm. husband and i uh, we're not micromanaging people mm -hmm. if they deliver things uh, and we're having fun that means that um, you know, we're all working hard. Um, so I think that's the main difference. I just really didn't like being micromanaged and also setting expectations, um, but also knowing when things just can't be finished. So in the in the design industry, a lot of the time, um, there were hour differences between uh, like a corporate design studio office hours and um, print houses. So printing places would start very early and end, uh, end their day early. Uh, and you'd still be working back to get something to print when they weren't even in the office. So I think yeah. a, a, like a, a key thing for me is to know that, you know, people clock off work at a certain time and, you know, something doesn't necessarily really have to happen like right now it can mm -hmm. be left till tomorrow um and above all we have fun <laughs> yeah. yeah i love that and, and what do you see that you get back because of that strategy like what what is the result of leading in that way versus when yeah yes well i mean first of all they're not scared to come and talk to me mm -hmm. when they've got a problem <laughs> firstly secondly you see that they actually want to be working for you um and that actually they talk about it and we've we've not actually oh we're about to hire someone that has come from an ad because we're trying to get more staff but since mm -hmm. since we started we actually haven't had to look for staff they've come to us mm -hmm. i want to work for you it looks like you look after your staff really well yeah. um so yeah, it what you put into the brand, what you put into the business, how you 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 show the 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 behind the scenes, all mean that you know you you won't ever have to look for staff; they'll come to you. Yeah, I think those are the they're the two big rewarding parts of running a business. First one, customers coming and saying, you know, that you've actually changed their life or you've changed something for the better in their life, and the second one being like be like supporting a team hiring people you are their income and they enjoy working for you and they enjoy creating part of what you created i just think those two things are like the most rewarding things as a business owner yeah yeah totally uh <laughs> um okay perfect so that was 
such an inspiring conversation and that's packed full of tips as well so thank you so much um we've got 10 minutes left and at the end i normally do a quick fire round so it's just three three quick questions Mm. um the first question we've spoken a little bit about this but um just specifically how did you get your first 10 sales so i'm pretty sure my first 10 sales came from family and friends so it was me like calling people going i've started a brand did you see would you like to try hello like (laughs) um and um from there i the, the the first night i was literally like on the computer going okay i've launched where's the sale come mm. on <laughs> um, but i um in order to get some reviews for the website because of course reviews um peer-to-peer reviews are such a big selling tool um i actually handed out free product to get mm. reviews on the website um so that was I put a few um, ads in a few Facebook groups and I said, I've started this brand. I have problem skin. Do any of you have problem skin? Can I help you with your skin? Um, No obligation, but if you like them, can you please put reviews down on our website? Um, Yeah, so don't be ashamed to ask whether your friends and family would like to try your product, service, whatever just so that you can get some like first purchases to get some reviews on your website or on Facebook, wherever you'd like the reviews to be on, on Google, for example. Yeah, I love that. And, and I also find on that as well, that friends, often a lot of your friends really wish they started a business and they wish they had the confidence to do that. And hopefully they will one day, but because you've done it, often they just want to shout about you to everyone in like a proud way, which so, so starting with that can actually cause quite a boost at the start you know yeah 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 and 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 that helps with word of mouth definitely yeah (laughs) perfect okay and then number two is what sets women apart as leaders so I feel like this is because we're more organized and can multitask but I also think it's because we do well because we're more compassionate and we're able to connect and understand our colleagues and employees Mm. um and I think you know, for me, this is just if you've noticed a staff member is having a tough time, it's talking to them, like taking them aside or ringing them up like during a lunch break and uh, like saying, you know, I know you're on your lunch break, take an extra five minutes, but I just wanted to call you to make sure you're okay. Mm. So, yeah, I think I think we're more empathetic. Yeah, I like that, like just going there rather than ignoring it. And I think people can be really appreciative of that. Yeah. Okay, last question is number one tip for overcoming fear in business. So a lot of the community tell me that they're scared of doing this, so they haven't started yet, or they're scared of doing this, so taking action. So I love to get all these ideas from these amazing business owners on how they overcome fear. Mm-hmm. Um. I would have to say now that I'm in business, you should just go for it. Like I'm apparently I'm a risk taker, but I was so risk adverse, especially when I had that person tell me, you know, you shouldn't start your brand. Um, Don't be afraid to fail. And I know some businesses are 
you know, it's a lot to start up, like our business costs a lot to start up, um, a house deposit to start up, but that's not necessarily for everyone. But if you fail, it only gives you more learnings to succeed the next time. So there's no failure really. Even a failure can be turned into a positive. I've made so many mistakes, in, including mistakes that have cost me money. And when I make a mistake that, I think the first mistake that I made that cost me money was $1,500. And I'm like, well, at least it was $1,500 and not $15,000. It's okay, I'll, I'll, that's one for, for my black book of don't do that again. Um, so yeah, just just do it. Um, even even something that you do incorrectly will mean that you are more educated for the next time that something comes around like that. Yeah, I love that. It's so it's like reframing failure as well. I don't know why people call it failure half the time because you gain yeah. so much knowledge. And you know, what, like if you sometimes it's actually just the idea was out of alignment or something, and then you've got all these skills that you're like, oh, now I know that's actually the thing I want to do, and then you just use all the skills to do it again faster. You know? Yeah, and yeah. there's always somebody that will help you too. So you know, mm. if you've got an idea, have a conversation with someone like reach out to anyone like reach out to someone you used to work with that's that's what I did and mm. say you know I've got this idea what what do you think of this idea yeah yeah such great advice um okay so where can the listeners find the brand where can they find you where can they look things up so uh, we're on uh, our website, obviously, Amperna, A-M-P-E-R-N-A.com. So Amperna is Ampule, the medical vial, the glass vial, and derma of the skin put together. So it's Amperna. That mm -hmm. just sounded better. Uh, we are on TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, uh, we're Amperna Skin, so uh, the brand name and skin put together. Uh, and anyone can email me on info at amperna.com mm -hmm. amazing and i'll put all those links in the show notes um but thank you kiri thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and sharing so much wisdom with everyone thank you for having me it was great to to talk to you Hey lovelies, so just a quick reminder at the end of the show that I have applications open to apply to be coached on the podcast. It is completely complimentary. Um, you just need to tap the show notes link to apply. So if you've got a business challenge, something you're stuck on at the moment that you would like my help on, um, just fill out the application form. My team will get in touch if you're accepted and we'll book a 30 minute call and I will laser coach you on something you're stuck on. And the chances are a lot of the audience are also stuck on it as well. So it's gonna benefit everyone. So I'm super excited to give you this opportunity. So tap the link in the show notes if you would like to apply.